0: Hey everyone, welcome back to top five, brought to you by Define Talent. We are a results driven service working with clients to connect them with quality talent, as well as working to make an impact within the recruiting industry. We talk straight about today's professional world with real world professionals, experts in recruitment, job seekers and business owners alike. Have a question for us, send it in and you might spur our next conversation. I'm Tara Thurber, Co-Founder and Director of Talent Partnerships here at Define Talent. And joining me today is Marikit Corcoran, one of the leading women in fintech. Welcome Marikit. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you join us to share your top five ways to succeed in any job. So in doing some research, I've seen in a survey from the National Association for Business Economists that 58% are saying a recession is forecasted for 2023. With us being in the thick of 2023 now, I can't believe it's coming to the end of it. um, How, or does this affect your view on investing in startups and growing business ventures?
1: I think we can all agree. It's been a tough one to two years. The market has changed, but this really shouldn't be a surprise for anyone. The excess of 2021 wasn't sustainable, and hopefully the smartest companies and leaders prepared for that. I remember looking at investment deals where you had to make a decision over a weekend or else you weren't even going to have a chance to get in on it. That isn't normal. And I knew then at the time that what we were seeing in the market wasn't going to be what was going to you know, be the near future. Right. So hopefully you know, whether you're a founder or a leader of a company, you're preparing for that. And as an investor, like everyone else, I'm more cautious about where I invest, especially when it comes to startups, because inherently, they're riskier investments. But my views have always been the same. Invest in companies that have a path to sustainable revenue, a solid product market fit, and most importantly, strong leadership, especially important in these tough times.
0: I love that. And then as an investor, can you describe the spark you look for in either startup businesses or business leaders. Um, And just to kind of piggyback on that, when was the last time you saw the spark? Sure.
1: As a a spark I'm looking for, I think when I find a leader who is genuinely willing to listen and act on feedback. I get a lot of pitches presented to me and sometimes it sounds like a scripted rehearsal. And they're not even listening or looking for any feedback. They're just ready to give their script and move on. Uh, I get very excited when I see a leader talk to me about an idea or a company that they have and actually pause to listen to what I have to say. And whether they agree with it or not, uh, you know, seeing that they're listening and they're recognizing what I'm trying to give to them, right? I do have expertise in this space, as most people they are probably presenting to. So Mm -hmm. use that opportunity to listen to them, whether you agree with it or not. And- For products, I get super excited, actually, when I hear about a product and or service. And the first thing I think about is, why didn't I think of that? Or, gosh, I wish that existed back in X, Y, Z time. So that's that's when I sort of get excited about that. And, you know, those those types of things, I think, are are really important as you're an investor trying to make a decision on what to do next. That said, I get more excited when I find a leader I want to invest in, because with a startup. Yeah. Whatever product or service they start with, more than often, they're, that's not what they end up with. Right. So as much as you can get excited <laughs> with with what's presented to you, you know that it's going to change 10, 20 times before a final product is out there if they get to that point. But if I find a leader who I think, hey, this is someone, he or she, I want to work with for an extended period of time, that's, that's when I sort of get that spark. And last time uh, I, I felt that. To be honest, uh, probably the highlight was when I used to lead the Barclays Accelerator powered by TechStars. Yes. That was um, a program which I helped lead for several years, and gosh, there were so many instances where a founder was either you know straight out of school presenting an idea, or someone who'd been in the industry for 30 years and now wants to come back and change something. There are so many instances that I got that spark, and actually, you know, you probably look up that portfolio. Every company that made it into that program was one that. You know, sparked when when they when they presented to me,
0: right? I love too that you you go through the the listening aspect because I you know you people do have these ideas and they want to kind of explode them out there, but they don't take a step back to listen to the feedback, to listen to the criticism, to the positives and the negatives of feedback. And so I I love that you value that. Um, I find that that's really important too.
1: I mean, I'll just plug it out there. I've often been asked, how do you sell to big businesses or big companies or big banks? And it's the same advice. When you're presenting your company, they already know what your company offers because you wouldn't be having that meeting to begin with. (laughs) The ones who are actually successful in a sale or getting a contract in place are the ones who actually listen to the people they're pitching to. And if you pick up on an issue or a problem or a concern that they have, And then you either address it on the spot or come back to them and say, hey, I listened to you. I know this is what you want to get done. Here's how my product can do that. That's how you sign a deal and sign a contract. It's not going to be the cookie cutter pitch that you give over and over. That may get you the meeting, but that's not going to get you the deal.
0: Yep. I I can definitely um, understand and see that all the way through. So how do you encourage new business ventures or business people to either seek out their dream or keep going when maybe they're in a rut, or maybe they
1: get negative feedback? What What are your thoughts? So I am super pragmatic. Anyone who knows me will attest to that. And my view is if there's a founder with an idea or a product that I think has real promise, yeah, you just got to remind them that an overnight success takes seven to 10 years. Uh, someone I heard someone say that once, and that's in my head all the time, because when you hear about these amazing companies with these incredible exits or deals,
0: yeah. they
1: weren't invented yesterday. They've right. been around for a very long time. Right. So I think it's pushing through and taking those rejections and continuing to move forward. Those are all really key things to tell people that you're probably going to fail 5, 10, 15, 20 times before you get that next step kind of you know resolved or, or, or through. Right. And you know, I tell them, look, especially if I believe in what they're doing and their leadership, then I will give them the support advice to open my network to them and really encourage them to, to move forward or help kind of think through, hey, here are some ideas on what you should be doing next and, and sort of really be there for them and support them. But to be perfectly frank, on the flip side, if I see a founder struggling or I see a company struggling and I don't think there's big promise, I'll also be very honest with them, whether they want to hear it or not, and say, listen, maybe you want to take that exit today because that may not be available to you six months from now. People don't want to hear that, but the good leaders listen, and I think you have to be realistic. In great times, you don't have to worry about that, but in tougher times you really have to be conscious of that. And I think that's a really, that's why I say I invest in the founder and leader because they have to be able to make those decisions and look out, you know, for the company and themselves and not think about what could have been or, or what they ideally want because you're not always going to yeah. get that.
0: Yeah, you know, I've always been one too. Failure is opportunity. And if somebody can accept that and, you know, or being in a rut, there's always going to be a way to learn from it or, and to be better than what you were just at. So it's almost acknowledging, accepting and, and finding the positivity and the opportunity even in, in a rut or in a negative space, right?
1: A thousand percent. And I've had those ruts myself in my career. I mean, of course, we all talk about all the highlights. You know, we put all the highlights in our bios and awards and recognition, but there have been some really tough lows and you have to sort of self-reflect and be aware and figure out, okay, well, what what am I going to do? Is it going to break me or is it going to make me stronger? And I remember one point in my career when I was just ready to give up, right? I was just like, this is done. I'm just, this is, it's too much. I can't do it anymore. And I had a good friend who I used to call my life coach. And he looked over at me and said, don't let this break you. This is a yeah. blip in your career. Right. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And at the time, it was probably just like this awful moment in your career. And you're, you know, you're kind of second guessing everything you've done. But like, it was totally a blip, right? Because yeah. six yeah. months after that, I wasn't even thinking about that moment anymore. Right. So you just have to get through it. And <laughs> whether it's your career or your company, um, you, know, you got to keep moving forward.
0: Oh, I love that so much. It's definitely true. So to dive into a little bit with fintech, why did you choose a career in fintech? I would love for you to share your story.
1: Kind of chose me. Yeah. I, I To be honest, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I'm not even sure I would have known how to define a fintech. Yeah. Or, or maybe back then everybody just defined it as a payments company, right? right. Now it's, it's such a broad definition. But what had happened was I had started my career in Wall Street and was an analyst at Goldman Sachs, went through the analyst program. And held a variety of different roles. And one day uh, I got a phone call from their private equity arm, and they told me that they were looking to create a new revenue generating business. And would I like to join them in doing that? And I thought, wow, wait. <laughs> well, one of those, those are one of those phone calls you don't get every day. Right. And ultimately, fast forward, we then, you know, I did join and we spent the next year developing what became Marcus by Goldman Sachs, which was the yeah. first consumer foray for Goldman. And that was really where I, I, I just jumped in and I started learning about all these innovative new technology solutions. And I really did end up meeting with some potential vendors, for example, that truly were like the traditional startup that was just you know newly created as well as more established startups. And I realized FinTech was this game-changing category of companies. And I started really appreciating how much individuals finances or awareness of their finances could really impact not just those individuals but the industry and like the whole like you know really just like the whole economy and the whole world and it really stemmed from oftentimes an individual understanding how money works how they should save money what they should do with their finances how they should think about it whether it's for themselves or their businesses and I got really passionate about about the space and ultimately when um, you know I'd spent a couple of years at Marcus, and I was trying to think about you know what you know we had already launched like what was next. I had this opportunity from Barclays who recruited me to run their accelerator program, run their fintech partnerships, eventually lead uh, several investment uh, pools of funding capital, and then create new programs to support and work with fintechs. And I really just immersed myself in this space and realized one, it wasn't just one one lane of category. Fintech can impact you in so many different angles. Uh, some of them aren't even financial services related, right? It's really broad. You can go into healthcare, you can go into gaming tech. There's just so much out there. And I got really excited about the solutions I was seeing that I could see impacting my day-to-day life. So a fun story I always think about. So um, I got, you know, when I got married almost two decades ago, I remember receiving a stack of physical checks and my husband and I had a destination wedding and Mm -hmm. we were going to go to Hawaii right after our wedding. I carried these physical checks with me through, through Hawaii and put them in like my hotel safe because we were island hopping yeah. for two weeks, <laughs> hoping I wouldn't lose one and they wouldn't get wet. And to think about how crazy that is now with, <laughs> with the solutions that are out there. And that wasn't that long ago. Right. Um, and to think about, like, wow. that's such a minor thing, but that inconvenience doesn't even exist today. Yeah. So to think about how something that simple could be impacted versus, you know, how FinTech can so be broadly, you know, um, applied now, right? You think about, you go online, you know, there's embedded finance and so many different um, opportunities out there. You can, you can sort of buy anything online and take out a loan or, you know, do it in multiple payments and do it all in one-stop shopping. Or, you know, even on the flip side, you could be a gig worker and you can have their fintech application that help manage your funds so that they're coming in in regular increments or helping you manage it. Like there's just so many different applications. And I guess without choosing fintech, I kind of fell into it and it just became something, um, you know, that that I was just immersed in and passionate about. And I just see the applicability everywhere. So it's hard not to be invested in it and hard not to be immersed in it and wanting to support it. And we're just beginning. There's so Mm. much to do.
0: So much to do. And I feel like it's, it's, exploding fast though and it's growing fast too
1: uh it totally is and there was that massive growth of course over the last probably five seven years yeah i'm trying to think about the last year or two but you know maybe right five years prior to that there was just this exponential growth but yeah. there's still so much out there and probably a shift in what types of Companies and solutions are going to be created and grow. And, you know, I'm talking about physical checks. I can imagine what we'll be talking about in 10 years of what's right. created out there.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> exciting. It's really exciting. So, as, you know, one of the leading women in fintech, I know that you do a lot of talks, you do a lot of interviews. I mean, that's how I came to meet you, was watching you um, speak at a Tech United event. Um, when you're speaking talking interviewing reading your bio what is one thing that you wish you would have said um is there anything is there one thing that is missing or that you would want to send out to the universe
1: so uh, actually two things pop into mind. So I'm going to answer it in two ways. Okay. Probably personally about me. Yes, you can read my bio, read about the accomplishments and I'm very proud of them. And trust me, I worked really hard to achieve each and every one of them. Yeah. But I think what doesn't come across sometimes, whether it's me or anyone's bio is like who they are as a person and who they are as an investor or colleague. And for me, I think really is what you see is what you get. I yeah. genuinely try to be a good person. I sincerely try to help any company I work with. I don't pretend to know everything about everything. I, I'd like to say I know a little bit about everything, but I know an expert in pretty much anything. So everybody is a phone call or a text message away. Right. When I need that information. <laughs> I think that makes you valuable um, to be able to recognize that and then sort of build that network. And I, I do believe like, you know, for me, you get what you give. And yeah. that's something I, I, I do think that I, I live by. And that's probably not something that I'll ever come across in a speech or or, or a big interview. Um, and the other thing I, I think the flip side I just wanted to answer to that was, you know, when you do all these talks, I will say it's good and bad to be labeled as a woman in a male-dominated industry. So right. good because people are listening and I love that I have the voice and I have the ability to get my message out there and hopefully, you know, strike a chord with, you know, with people. Yeah. I love it when I get like a, a CEO of a big company come up to me after a talk and be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea about X, Y, Z, you know, thanks for communicating that. That's awesome. But I, I do think that we have to be careful that if there's, for example, a woman in a male dominated industry, that the questions don't all become about, so what's it like being a woman in that industry or talk to me about diversity and again i i think it's a double edged sword love yeah. the platform and ability to voice that but you also don't want to be labeled as okay well you know we have this you know woman speaker or she'll talk about she'll talk about that and uh, i i do think there's there's a bit of a, a balance you want to get there and look i'll talk about gender equity all day yeah but i i hope people are listening to more than just that because yeah. i want to be looked at as Maricat Corcoran, an accomplished, hardworking leader who has made change and impacted X, Y, Z colleagues, companies, founders, etc. Not Maricat Corcoran. But she's a woman, and she's all about diversity. And you know, she brings diversity into the industry. Yeah. So while true, I want that to be secondary, not the primary.
0: I love that. I just got goosebumps. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. As a trailblazer, why do you think it's so difficult for women to break into or break through in the tech industry?
1: I really think inherently it's because it's not easy and it's easier to give up. Yeah, Uh, I think about all these other careers I could have chosen or many women can choose where they don't have to fight so hard for equal opportunity equal pay not being the only woman in the room
0: yeah
1: and it's easier to take that path and be you can be just as successful make just as much money and collect as many titles as you can work versus working in tech so i think that's that's a tough one so i think you really have to recognize progress is slow it's not going to be overnight i certainly can't fix anything myself but i can make incremental changes and if i can help a few founders or a few women with their careers, I've done my part and hopefully others do the same. And, you know, maybe some have done that for me as well, but I really think that's why it's hard. Any male dominated industry is always going to be hard for women because your voice may be the minority, but you Mm -hmm. also recognize there's a magnifying glass in what you say because you are the minority. So there's that added pressure. And I think that makes it really hard. And early in my career, I used to be really scared to speak up because I felt like what I was going to say was going to be scrutinized 10 times more than yeah. the 10 men sitting around me because <laughs> I was the only woman in the room. Yep. And I think what was important was flipping that and then thinking, wait, what I'm going to say I woman in the room, then more people are going to listen and hopefully be impacted by what I say. So it's a just looking at the two different perspectives.
0: I love that. And, you know, I, I work and talk to a lot of women that are trying to break into the tech industry or are in the tech industry and are struggling to find their voice or to use their voice. So, you know, one thing I like, too, that I hear from you is just keep pushing, keep pushing forward, breaking those boundaries and, you know, allow yourself to be uncomfortable, but feel that that uncomfortableness and and just keep just keep going. You know, I, I feel a struggle when I talk to a lot of women and it's, they do feel that way. And I also feel that it's good to let them know that they're not alone. Um, I think that's a really strong point too, is women now are, they're coming together in numbers within the tech industry and they're trying to lift each other up. And I think that that's really important too
1: find your people, find your network. It doesn't yeah. have to be 50 strong, but if you have two right. or three people you can talk to, that can make yeah. all the difference, especially when you're having a bad day, which we yeah. all have. Yeah. Having the right people to call or talk to. And if you can, like also have them not be in your immediate circle at work yep. because an outside perspective is so valuable when it comes to making big decisions or even sometimes even the littlest decisions, you just need someone else to, to give you a different perspective.
0: Yep. I love that. Um, so within the industry, what are some changes you'd want to see? Um, I think let's kind of just target into, um, let, do you have a favorite quote or mantra that you use?
1: Uh, yes. Well, this is probably not specific to the industry, but right. I saw it in a sign once at <laughs> some like random location in London, and I never forgot it. I'm pretty sure I took a picture with it. And it basically said, work hard, play hard, and be kind to others. And I think that sign or that message can be in a kindergarten classroom.
0: Yep.
1: And it can be in you know the office of a Fortune 500 CEO. Right? Those are words to live by. And I think about that all the time.
0: Absolutely. I really love that a lot. Um, in regards to technology, what are some updates you're excited about that are happening nowadays?
1: Gosh, it's probably the hot topic of of the of the year, but right. all the all the all the things happening in AI. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just beginning. And artificial intelligence isn't anything new. To be honest, I found like five years ago it was such a buzzword. Mm -hmm. Every other pitch I heard used the words artificial intelligence, whether they were truly using it or not, or understood it or not. But I do think with things like ChatGPT and all these other innovations coming along, it's just beginning. And there's a lot of opportunity there to impact every industry, not just financial services, right? It can impact everything, uh, healthcare, consumer, et cetera. And I think that's really exciting. As long as people get it right and it's being used in the appropriate way. Uh, I, I really think it's limitless. Um, I remember, I think I had I read, I think the, yeah. the founder of ChatGPT said something like, look, calculators changed the way math had to be taught, right? Things like ChatGPT are gonna change the way essays are written or, yep. or, or tests are given. And I think that's great. I, I actually think innovation and change is good as long as it's used smartly and correctly. And we're in a generation too where children are tech savvy um, I, you know, to be honest, like, I thought it was so exciting. I was going to show my 13 year old how chat GPT worked when she was studying for something. And she looked at me, she said, mom, I've been using this for months. <laughs> I thought, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, it was sort of like the biggest, uh, the biggest sort of, um, people that are going to impact technology and innovation are probably between the ages of like 10 and 16 years old right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really humbling by the way. Cause I thought I was going to be like, look at this exciting thing I'm going to show you. And it was just like, yeah. Okay. I've been using this for months. What are you going to show me? Been
0: there, done that. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, you know, I talked to my daughter about it as well. And it's, it's something for me. I think a lot of people look at, um, AI in so many different ways, and you're right, they, it needs to be used properly because I think uh, I, that's gonna force the next generation and the next generation to grow and and think further and further outside of the box in order for, um, I mean, all different industries to really change. And change is good. I feel like so many people, get very worried about change or start to get really nervous. But I, when I, what I'm seeing out there is all of the changes is good are good because it's just going to help everything say grow. I, I feel like I keep going back to the grow and, and innovate and step outside of the box, step outside of the, those comfort zones in order to continue to push moving forward, keep pushing forward.
1: I absolutely agree, and I think what's exciting about AI is when you look back, maybe even twenty years ago. Yeah, the words AI were linked to robots that take over the world, or yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, it, it was such like a scary, mystery sort of sci-fi type of thing. But yeah. I think there's a lot more education, right? It's not really that that out there right it's nope. something that can exist in in so many things that we use every day and i'm sure most of us who turn on a computer every day encounter some sort of ai without even knowing it yep. and breaking it down and i think educating people about what it actually is what it means makes it a little less scary and you know, it's not about uh these fancy robotic movies that again i think back all those movies that came out 20 plus years ago that's always yeah. what they were so it became yep. a scary thing whereas now it's hey, AI is using an online chat bot that allows me to resolve an issue without going through 20 steps or prompts on a phone. So that's great.
0: Right, it's an added tool for us. It's an added tool for us to utilize. Oh, amazing. Marikit, I I could be on this for hours with you. Um, Please, I would love for you to share with our audience your top five ways to succeed in any job.
1: Number one, I think about this anytime I actually recruit or or interview an individual and it's be yeah. someone people want to work with. I it's so that. simple. You don't yeah. have to be the smartest person in the room. Just be someone people want to work with because ultimately that's what's going to matter the most. Um, two, don't offer your help to someone if you're not sincere about it. And throughout your career, you'll find people like, oh, do you need help? Or can I can I assist in that? And then when you actually Maybe once in a while, ask them. They almost seem annoyed with you. Yeah. <laughs> versus the ones who actually are sincere, want to support you. So yeah, better off just not offering. uh, Three. Learn from others' mistakes. Don't be smug. You could make the same ones yourself. You're not. You're not above that. And when you see someone going through a tough time, observe, watch. um, You know, have have some empathy and know that yeah. that could be you. So learn from their mistakes. Four. If you're in a position where you have time, contacts, and lessons learned to share, please do so. Uh, I really do believe I said earlier, oh, no, no, "You get what you give." Yeah. And last, uh, it was in that sign I saw a long time ago, which is "Be kind." It's such an easy thing to do, but it's something people don't always remember to to do. And the thing is, in your career, at least in my career, I think you're you're going to remember every time somebody was kind to you. And at the flip side, you'll remember when people were unkind to you. Yes. And I just think, again, you know, be kind and you get what you give and it all comes back to you. So those are my top five to succeed in any job or anything really.
0: <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Um, I really look forward to continuing conversations with you in the future.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get out there and get the right messages out. Definitely. We are Define
0: Talent, a Define Logic service coming to you at top five. Make it a great day.